With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Courtside. With Joe Morelli, Joe Morelli, of course, the head boys basketball coach of Game Time CT and the Hearst Connecticut Media Group. And we are in tournament season in boys basketball. It is the, the home stretch of the end of the year. It's coming up fast. Lots of leagues have already started. We have the uh, FCAC, which started with some playing games last week. We have the SWC starting their first round last night, yeah, Monday night, March 15th. Now we're recording this on Tuesday, March 16th. Uh, we have the SEC coming up, the CCC, the ECC. Joe, it's a great time of year. No state tournaments, as we've said all, all along. So this is it. This is the, the last hurrah for the winter season in high school boys basketball in this COVID-shortened season. And uh, the biggest news coming out of the out of the uh, the week, obviously, was Fairfield Prep, which would have been the number one seed or was on the on the was in the running for the number one seed in the ECC. They're out along with Hill House. They're out. You know, they had a real short season. And uh, so that's that's just a tough, uh, a tough, tough way to go for the SEC getting in there. But we still got West Haven and a few other teams. Joseph, how are you? Welcome back. Thank you. You know, I, I'll be honest. With us doing the brackets, and you can visit Game Time CT for the full brackets. And yeah, I got a bunch the, up the there. Tournament hub, and but it, I, I'll be honest. It, going to cover a game, tournament game last night, it felt different. It felt like it was real. I mean. We're talking about because there's no state tournament, but because this is all they had to play for. And you know, it's I'm going to steal a line from NBA, win or go home. And that's what this is now. I mean, the lead tournaments would never like this. And everybody's got a shot. So it's actually been a nice way to do things. Everybody gets in. You get one last chance, your one shiny moment for the seniors. And again, I'm stealing lines from everybody, but that's okay. It felt good last night. And I want to just get that out of the way. We'll get back to Newtown, New Milford later. But yeah, you know, I ex- you expect the unexpected. We've learned that over this last year. And uh, you started to hear things about Fairfield Prep canceling two games for precaution. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, they had a contact trace. And uh, ended up going back to the last Wednesday the uh, on March 10th, I believe, the, the Hill House uh, uh, prep game. Now, obviously, we know March 10th is it was the year to the day that um, – they shot everything down the CIAC. So that was a tough anniversary. But anyway, yeah, long story short, Fairfield Prep, which had won nine straight games and only lost one game at home in overtime to Wilbur Cross, a game they led. And they're out. And they had a chance to be the top seed in the SEC tournament. And Hill House, unfortunately, listen, <laughs> I covered the one first game of the year at West Haven. Uh, they lose, obviously. Uh, I want both games against Wilbur Cross were canceled because of COVID. The one, the last one was supposed to be last night, uh, Monday night. And it's just a rough year, two and five for Hill House. I mean, this is uncommon year. And as a coach, it is, it was, he called it the COVID year. And you know what? It was just a rough year for them. And 
Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation. If that's how you go out for your seniors, it's, it's, it's a tough way to end. And anybody who gets in it now, you know, gets a, a COVID case and you have to quarantine, you're done. And that's a tough yeah. way to end your season. Yeah. I mean, like we said all year, I mean, this is going to be the COVID season. Remember, I'll look back at that and we're going to be like, yeah. you know, remember him from the COVID season, remember that from the COVID season. Uh, joining us a little bit later on the show is going to be head coach of Northwest Catholic, the second ranked Northwest Catholic Lions, John Mirabella. John, a great friend of the program, as we uh, we like to say here, and he joins us from the basement at uh, NWC. And uh, I'll listen, they've been great all year. The CCs, he's been great all year. Their tournament starts up, I believe, what is it, Thursday, Joe? No, it, it be long. It, it will the the seedings won't be determined until I believe Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, and what they're and the tournament starts Monday. And what they're doing, Sean, uh, I think it's a really. I mean, we we reported about a week and a half ago that the, it was approved. The, they've obviously been in the four divisions, thirty-two teams, and they're breaking it down into like we're breaking them one to thirty-two, and. Um, and we'll get into discussion with John, but obviously you're going to have in that top division. Northwest Catholic, Windsor, Bristol Central, and East Catholic, all ranked in the top 10, along with yeah. Maloney, probably Milltown, and, and two other teams. Um, and the other division, listen, you're going to have Avon in the mix in, in one division. You're going to have all these other teams that, you know, have had great games. I mean, sh- heck, you had um, Northwest Catholic go to overtime with Hall and Simsbury. Mm. So they're yeah. those two teams. They won't be in the top division, but they're going to be in somewhere a scary – Scaring somebody in the lower division. I mean, Simsbury is a, a perennial state tournament uh, quarterfinalist, second round. They've had great teams under Greg Stillman for a number of years. So what I'm saying, it's, it's going to be a really good tournament. Obviously, a lot of focus in ours has been on the top division because it's heavyweights. Um, but like I said, everybody gets a chance to play. And uh, we'll be going over that with that with John, among other, other topics. Yeah, I mean, it was, just, it was kind of funny to, to think when you know, my last basketball game, I've not covered one this year. I've been kind of running things behind the scenes, but my last game last year was the CCC final. I mentioned it last week when we were kind of reminiscing a little bit uh, that, uh, you know, we were in that packed gym at Buckley High School uh, and uh, the Babe Fieldhouse. And uh, and I remember looking around and, and feeling under the weather and and being like, man, uh, do we all, I mean, it was, it was coming. And we we're like, man, how many people I wonder here have got COVID? We don't even know. And it, it was just a mess, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I'm glad you were able to get out there. You went to the SWC uh, first round. I mean, some uh, some things going on there. We got the quarterfinals all set. You went to see Newtown up in Newtown. How was that? Well, obviously, I was going to go to Hill House Cross. You know, this is just a review. I've had I've covered as many games as I games have been postponed on me the day before. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I was ready to go to Naugatuck and Sacred Heart last Friday, and then Naugatuck. COVID case the day before and they're done and they're going to, they're going to open. It looks like they're going to open up this weekend for be back in time. But the interesting thing is, so obviously I'm like, I, 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 we, we talked earlier in one of the earlier podcasts about going to see Sacred Heart for the last time. And I, I've wanted to go, but on, and that was the game to go to see this, even though it's limited attendance and so on and so forth. So Mike Madden, Sacred Heart AD, you know, he's trying to find another game because the NBL's had trouble filling games because teams have had COVID left and right. So he gets Oxford. Now, obviously, Oxford's had a rough year, and but it's, a, it's, it's just a game for them to play. But it's not, obviously not a great game, but that's what teams have had to do, juggle to find games. So anyway, and then Monday, obviously, we talked about Hill House. They're supposed to play Wolver Cross. I was going to go there. That didn't happen. So now I said, well, we looked at schedule. What tournament game can 
And obviously, you guys should see JoJo Wallace play for New Milford. They had gone overtime with Newtown at New Milford uh, earlier, uh, a, few, a week ago. Anyway, that was the mm. first game of five now, of now five straight wins for Newtown. I mean, they got a kid in Jack Peterson who had a nice four game last night. He's going to play baseball at UConn. Um, they're going to be a tough out. It's not going to be easy for Mecca to win that game at home. Um, but, you know, it, it was listen, Newtown controlled the game. Tim Tokouch, their coach, has been there, been there for a while, been to the semifinals with that team. Um, again, it was good to be at a tournament game. There was a different feel to it last night. I think you're going to get a sense of those for those who move on playing, basically playing for their season. And I think there's something to that. Just quickly back on Fairfield Prep, you know, that was uh, their last game, I guess, turned out to be uh, their their uh, their victory at the Alumni Hall, which is now officially closed. They reopened it to, to play some games there, but they're going to re- renovate, re- redo the whole thing, right, Joe? And they were supposed um, to, the last, listen, I went to Trumbull and St. Joe's they, last year, and that was going to be my, it was still my last trip there. Uh, but that was the big thing. They were going to close it, and, and then COVID hits, and then obviously they postponed construction. So Fairfield Prep got to play one last year. Now, the interesting thing was, yeah, they, they closed it down and that ended up being their last game. Actually, no, I take that back. Well, I think the Hill House game was their last game. The day before was their last game against uh, Hamden. And, um, yeah, well, the interesting thing was they would have been using Fairfield Ward for their quarterfinal on Saturday. Uh, I had already been lined up because they obviously, if, if they're the, they were the top seed or second seed or third seed. But the interesting thing was the two games they were going to play uh, was yesterday, Monday, at Notre Dame West Haven, and then today, Tuesday, at West Haven. So uh, there was no guarantee you're winning both those games. And if you do, you're, you're the top seed. And, again, it's a tough break. You, you don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see anybody have to finish their season that way. But, I mean, I think we're, we, we saw it in the fall. I think we're going to see it in the winter. And uh, But the future is bright. Mike Papali is one of the brightest young minds in the game. I've known him from his days at Xavier and Sheehan. He coached with alongside Scott Burrell at Southern Connecticut State. Um, he's done wonders with that program, taking it over for Leo Redgate. Um, and they've got a number of kids coming back, including Logan Carey. So they're going to be fine. Uh, just this year is just didn't the, end uh, the trivia question, future yeah. trivia question: Who was the last player to make to take and make a shot at Alumni Hall? Well, I, I don't know his name, and, I, I, and I'm kind of – I wrote it in my um, – um, in my. you can see the top performers and uh, the games to watch. And I mentioned it was the team manager uh, yep. who was battling Crohn's disease. And, and uh, obviously, it's a, a nice gesture on Fairfield Prep's part. Obviously, the video, and you can see the video uh, put up by one of the assistant coaches, Coach Hickey. Um, yeah, and he's, it's, that's something he, he'll have for the rest of his life. Of all the history – a Fairfield yep. University, a Pat Arena, and the Golden NCAA tournament, Mitch yep. Bonagirl, and, and and Troy Bradford, and, and all those guys, and all the high school players have gone through, and all the games we've seen there with Hill House and Fairfield Prep, and when Prep had those great teams in the uh, 2013 and 14, and you know, it, but it'll be a nice new spanking new arena, but it won't have the, I don't know if it'll have yeah. the charm of the old one, the, but the, I guess we'll see. The answer to the question is BJ Wenzel. Okay, sorry, Prep, I didn't want to look. Senior this year, team manager for three years, made the team uh, senior year, and he got in there and hoisted up a three that went down the last yeah. shot in the storied history 
of Alumni Hall. So congratulations to BJ. You know, as you said, he's battling Crohn's disease, and that's just a great senior moment there for fearful yes. prep. Listen, if they're going to go out, that's a good way to go out and yeah. they can kind of focus on the next Absolutely. And next like I said, they've had, they had, listen, they had a really good year, and uh, they would have been a tough foul in this tournament, no doubt about it. So uh, just quickly looking at the, the top 10 this week, Joe, I mean, obviously we're deep into the, uh, the tournaments and uh, it's yep. going to be, you know, uh, there are going to be a lot of changes coming over real soon, but uh, you know, the only other thing really to come out of that is Notre Dame came back after their, after beating West Haven last week, they right before, right after the poll dropped last week, Fairfield prep is back, you know, not Fairfield prep, excuse me, Notre Dame West Haven is back. And uh, uh, they're, uh, you know, they, they, I guess is, they're looking at a, maybe a showdown between them and West Dave again. Who knows? I mean, in that uh, upper SEC tournament. Well, at the time of this taping, obviously, um, it, it is possible you're going to have, you're going to have um, Xavier has a possibility of the two seed and, and Notre, Notre Dame's locked in at two and three or three, uh, depending on what happens uh, with the result against hand uh, this evening with Xavier. Uh, but yeah, West Haven is the top seed in the Division One bracket. And uh, you've also got, obviously, John Law. John Law's had a great year. They One of the teams that beat Notre Dame. They That's end up right. getting a home game. And, and the other side of this whole COVID thing is now a team like Wilbur Cross. Wilbur Cross loses its chance to play Hull House, a possibility at a win, and they lose a shot, shot at a home game in the quarterfinals. Because wow. they, well, because they would have probably won a tiebreaker with Law somehow. Um, not sure exactly how, but it, it, actually they may not have because um, – Law beat Notre Dame, but regardless, again, you lose a game, and now your next game is Saturday. So they're basically going to go a week without playing a game. That's just the way it is. And um, but yeah, obviously uh, Notre Dame is back in at nine. Uh, West Haven dropped out; they're just on the outskirts. And then our old friends, Prince Tech, uh, hadn't been in yeah. the poll the whole year, and they uh, the voters have, including myself, you know, obviously you see a team and kind of like it, and they put it up, and obviously Prince Tech is only playing in their league. But listen, they have the state's longest winning streak. And there's something to be said about for that, no matter who you play. So, yeah. But uh, obviously, as we mentioned in the CCC, East is still one, Northwest Catholic is still two, Oof. Sacred Heart is still three, all undefeated. Windsor's four, the one loss to Northwest Catholic. Bristol Central is five. Colby uh, Cathedral, the top seed in the SWC is six. Ridgefield, your FCAC champion, their only loss is in double overtime at New Canaan. They're seven. Notre Dame of Fairfield, Head scratching loss again to a hot Newtown team uh, on Saturday. They only dropped one spot. Uh, they're locked in the two seed, and they got a bye yesterday. They they host uh, on uh, the quarterfinals on Thursday, and then um, we mentioned Notre Dame, West Haven, and uh, Prince Tech. So that's yeah, the top shout, ten. And shout uh, out to uh, Tyshawn Jackson of Prince Tech joining the family, his dad and his brother. You know, yeah, they're all points. a thousand yep. points at uh, Prince Tech. And, you know, that was a team that was a team, Joe, last year that uh, everyone really wanted to get to see to play in the Division two tournament. And, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, it, it's a shame, obviously, that we're not going to be playing a state final. They really wanted to prove themselves in last year's tournament. Sure. And uh, this year, you know, a, a great run for them and Jackson and, you know, Coach May and those guys. And uh, it's just it, it, you get a special team like that coming out of the CTC and you really want to see what they can do. And unfortunately, we don't get the same. It's a shame. But well, here's best the wishes thing. To them. when we had him on last year, and you guys can go back and listen to any of our podcasts for the last three seasons. He, they go and schedule teams on the road and they talked about how teams wouldn't give return the favor. 
Yeah. Or they backed out of the the, the home and home commitment. I mean, it's not a contract. You don't sign it, but it's kind of like understood in high school game. And the teams have backed out on them because they don't want to go to, they don't want to go there. It's almost like a mid-major. Yeah. In the NCAA tournament, since yeah. and I don't think that's fact. This it's year. a lose, it's a lose lose proposition. It, it is for these teams, but it's but of course it's easy when you schedule them at home. The only difference is they're not getting a payout for for yeah. for, for the sacrificial right, right. lamb, so to speak. But yeah, Prince <laughs> Tech, listen, 35, 36 games, whatever it is. I mean, and, and they're by far the, the heavy favorite in the Charter Oak division as the top seed. And what will end up happening is the Charter Oak will face the Nutmeg winners will face off in the finals of the CTC. Uh, next week, so that's. Yeah, I like that. I think I think they did a nice job there with that. I think a lot of these leagues have done. Yeah. Listen, it's better than what was in the fall, which was regions. That's all they allowed, and it, yeah, it very easily could have been that. Division one, division two, SEC has a division, another champion. The CCC will have four champions, but it has the division that everybody was most interested in. Yeah. The SWC will crown one champion. The FCAC will crown one champion. The CTC will crown one champion, but have two division winners. So. The Berkshire will have one champion. The Shoreline will have one champion. The MVL, I believe, will have one champion. So it's, at least right now, looks really interesting. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of eyes on what's going on. And you're going to be able to have everything you need at GameTimeCT.com. We'll be at your service with all the brackets and uh, all the coverage. As many as we can muster, for for sure. So, yeah, uh, yeah, lots to talk about that. But uh, let's get to our interview with uh, Northwest Catholic coach John Mirabello. Joining us this week on the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast as we start the postseason very, very soon, the coach of the second-ranked Northwest Catholic Lions, longtime coach John Mirabella. John, welcome to the program. How are things going? Things are going well. I, I think all things considered and what we hear about in the news, I mean, we hear about the news about Gino yesterday. I mean, every right. day every day that we, we get to, to be in the gym, I was telling somebody yes, actually, was a reporter telling yesterday about asking what the records were, and I said, you know, every I think every day in the gym for every school is a victory. So we, we kind of start from there. So uh, it's been it's been great, uh, you know. And uh, Sean and I were talking a little while ago about everybody would have loved to seen a tournament, a state tournament, but I think all things considered, having as much as we've had has been has been really it's been a blessing you know with all things considered I know some schools are struggling right now and uh, you guys probably have the the latest uh, information on that so I think we're all uh, very pleased that we've had this I mean if you go back uh, to summertime we were talking about the football before too Uh, at that point a lot of us were seriously questioning if we'd ever get anything in this year so it's been uh, it's been great it really has John, you mentioned it, obviously, because for people who don't know, Gino Ariama, coach of the longtime coach of the Utah women's basketball team. Uh, obviously, contact COVID 19, it's not going to be able to be with the, his, the Huskies at the start of the tournament. John, like I said, you mentioned every day is a blessing to be in the gym. Um, December, June, we sent out, we sent out our you know, survey what people thought, and a number of coaches, the, the majority, of, actually, I didn't say majority, most of the responses thought there would not be a season. How did you feel back around Christmas time? I was concerned, but uh, I filled out that survey and I thought that we would start late. Yes. But the, the, there's more time passed and we understood this thing a little bit better. Not that we understand it completely right now, but uh, as, as time passed, we'd get a better idea of how we could make this work. Uh, you know, the masks, that wasn't even, I mean, it's just hard to imagine. Like we played the whole season with masks on. 
you know, we have these mass breaks during the game and all, but in the fall, I mean, just never even considered that. So the fact that we are used to them, I wouldn't say used to them, we've, we've adjusted to them up at this point, it, it, it's, uh, it's, speaks well for able to get this off the ground. And, and, and we're like, we're heading to postseason right now, which is, which is really amazing. So I, I did think we were going to play. I had no idea what it was going to look like. Um, I think this has been really good. I think every league's trying to do the best they can to give everybody some experience next week. Uh, you know, one last couple, uh, one or two games. So uh, again, all things considered, we re it's really, we can't complain. We really can't because I know people missed in the fall, people missed last spring, you know, and, and then obviously the bigger picture, there's people, uh, you know, suffering pretty badly and in, in, in just in general life. So uh, we try to remind the kids every day. It's just been, just appreciate it, enjoy it, make the most of it. Don't kind of take this day off, take it for granted. So uh, I did think we play, yes. I, I didn't know what it would look like, but and I'm glad we did. Uh, before we look forward, let's look back a little bit. Obviously, the, the big one was the game against Windsor, a high-level game. What you would expect from teams ranked in the top five in the state. And then, but listen, every team has its struggles. And, you know, and when you're ranked that high and teams want to come at you and you had two overtime games last week, Hall and Simsbury. Just walk me through those games, how close it came to losing one or both of them, and are you, how pleased are you that you able to, guys were able to fight through it? Well, that, we, we, we were in trouble in both games, and I give credit to the other teams. They played great. I mean, we're, we, uh, we've adjusted. You were at the game, Joe. Uh, you know, our second leading scorer, Amari Spence, the senior, was just having a terrific season for us, like 15 points and five rebounds, and he went down in that game, and you know, sadly, he tore his ACL. So, oh, it was an ACL you know, injury? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, that's terrible, you know. And just a great kid who worked so hard, you know, for his time his, this year, and he, he took full advantage of it. And uh, that was tough because that happened during the seat, like during the game. So we, we had prepared for that game with him. And as the game's going and your adrenaline's flowing, you just kind of assume it's if a kid's in foul trouble or something like that. But, you know, the next day, reality sets in, and now we're a different team than what we were heading into that game. So – it's something we were adjusting to and, and, and I give credit to the other teams just been playing great. You know, second time around, a lot of times isn't easy, um, especially because I, I think we won those games comfortably the first time. So probably human nature to, to think, or I wouldn't say let down, but maybe not be as sharp as you were before. And, and they, they played great, but I just think uh, we've been gritty lately. I'm really proud of the guys have been very gritty and just kind of grinding and, and we're not, I don't think we've been playing as well as they, as they, they like to, but uh those are good. Those games are good for you. And they're not fun. Trust me, they're not fun because, you know, it just seems like everything's, you know, every shot would go in for them and ours weren't falling in, but, you know, that's part of a season. So I'm, I'm proud of the kids for kind of withstanding that and finding a way to, to grind out a couple wins there. Obviously you have a, you have a junior superstar in Matt Curtis. Um, I won't say before my time because we're almost the same age, but um, hmm. his father, Played in the tore up the old who's a tonic league. I've heard stories and before right. they, they joined the SEC. Um, first, do you remember his dad playing there? And second, what how is he how different or same? Or is he so, so just give an idea of what Matt Curtis is about and how he was like that if you remember him playing? Well, I, I, yeah, I do. I remember his dad uh, when he was playing. I didn't see him too much because uh, we were, you know, we'd have our games and they were in a different league. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I did know him and then he went on to uh, University of Hartford. Right. Uh, and just actually getting from him that, you know, they're both very, very competitive and you know, driven, driven players. And, uh, you know, the ability to put the ball in the basket is a good thing in this sport. 
So I think that's, uh, it, it served the dad very well and Maddie's um, kind of carried on that tradition uh, you know, quite well. And he's, uh, but he's really been expanding his game this year. We, we talked about it, a lot of things he, he can keep working on to, to get better. Um, but he does have that ability to put the ball in the basket. So um, again, I, I really can't compare the two of them without, you know, and I don't like to do it by numbers. That's not fair. So it's just a different time, but uh, it's, uh, it probably is just something, something in the, in the genes there where, you know, to score, you know, and I think every, every coach in the world would love to have somebody who can put the ball in the basket because you do have to outscore the other team at some point to win. So uh, he's, he's been doing that quite well. I'm sure if we have a regular, if we had had a regular season with a state tournament, uh, and, and in 20 games, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he can catch his old man who's what six on the all time scoring list, what 25 yeah. six points. I'm, and I'm sure that conversation has come up in, in the, <laughs> for his household. I don't doubt that for a minute. I mean, that's a lot of points, and, and Matt's already what gotta be 12, 1300 already now because he's already got a thousand. Well, yeah, he's over a thousand, and I think uh, the, the, the frustrating thing I think for, for any kid who's playing during this last year and a half is that you lose. A potential what four game four or four games four games in a state tournament last year right and then exactly. another and then another you know 15 this year between sure. from, from end of season through postseason because we'd have a league tournament which is four games state tournament four or five there's nine plus your 20 and we're only getting 12 right now so there's a lot of games that uh and not just for maddie just for, for any any high school sure. player right now it's uh it's it's unfortunate but i think Again, big picture. I think everybody's grateful that we're playing. And um, as you get older, you can just tell stories about how we missed all those games and how many points we would have scored. So and we'll get done. to we'll get done. to some memory lane stories in a minute. But um, uh, John Mirabella from Northwest Catholic uh, joining us in the podcast. Um, for those who don't know, you have a big guy, Hanan Abdullah, who had a nice, really nice four game against. Yeah. Windsor, right. how is he starting to come into his own? And how important is he going to be in the CCC tournament for you guys? Well, he's very important. I mean, he's uh, he's been our leading rebounder. Uh, he has the ability to to stretch the floor a little bit. He's he's more of a wing. I know he's he's tall, but he's more of a wing kid. And uh, but we're asking him to do you know more things inside, which is again kind of having adjust to new roles now. Again, without without uh, Amari Spence in there, so. We're still in that process of everybody adjusting to that. And like I said, if it was a 20 game season, I'd love that by the by the time game 20 came around, we hopefully have everything figured out, but we can't do that this year. So we're you know, kind of trying to speed up the process uh, and for him too. And uh, we just hoping every day he comes in here and works in practice to try to get better. And uh, you know, we got another another game on Thursday night to get ready for next week, which will be a, will be a great challenge because you know, in our league, it's pretty neat. They, they broke it up into four different divisions and uh, based on record. So it will be in the top division. So that's eight teams who have all had you know, very good seasons. So you're pretty much to the quarterfinals of the state tournament, which is. Yeah, and I was just going to get to that. Um, in the fall, the CCC kept everybody in its own region. Right. And then as far as play, because it was safe. And I'm sure that was a discussion. And it easily could have been that. And I know as a coach and a competitor, you want to play the bet. And I'm, and as reporters, I'm thankful that it's a, because meaning you look at the top 10, you're going to have Windsor in there. You're going to have yourself. You're going to have East Catholic. You're going to have Bristol Central. You're going to have Maloney. 
I, I can't think of the other three off the top of my head. I don't know, maybe you know Middletown. Middletown's got one loss, and then there's right. a, there's a group of about five or six that yeah. are all all right there. That's, that's the tough part too, because I you know you can do head to head for tiebreakers. Right. But if you're in a different division, you couldn't you wouldn't have been able to play them. So that one it might have come down to a lot, which could be a computer draw. I don't, I, I haven't figured that. Out. I haven't really looked that far ahead, but that's that's unfortunate because there's gonna be a good team might get left out by a computer, which makes this even more of a yes a, a frustrating moment in this year. Talk before we get into I just want one thing before I forget. Um, you coached in the what was it the um, in Atlanta. Help me oh, out. Yeah, McDonald's All American. No, I'm sorry, I couldn't yeah. completely add it. Yeah. McDonald's All American game. Yeah. Right? It was a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. What did it mean to you? And I know you talked to Coach Mont Vito Montelli about it. I think yeah. because he was the last Connecticut guy to coach in the game some 30 years ago. Right. What, what was it like just coaching in that game and, and being part of that experience? I mean, it just it, incredible. I, I keep. It's been a couple of years now, a couple two three years removed, and I still have trouble describing what that was like. First of all, being selected to do that, I, I never expected anything like that. And uh, just uh, an incredible, incredible moment. I mean, and just everything. I mean, I got to see, I mean, all these years we spent at gym, I was joking with Sean about, uh, you know, I'm downstairs in the basement here at school. <laughs> uh, you know, and I love that. That's just, I'm very comfortable in this environment. But I mean, in Atlanta, we were in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, the CNN Omni Hotel, five-star, just unbelievable accommodations. We practiced where the Atlanta Hawks practice, which was absolutely gorgeous. It's a multi-million dollar facility. They had an aromatherapy room in there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, we, we saw our guys squat, take a fresh breath, breath of fresh air to, to feel better. These guys had these like nap pods and everything. Just, I mean, and we practiced there and then uh, traveled on bus to food. They had a special floor just for the kids. I mean, it was just big, big time. And it's just, you know, I'm so grateful just to have a, a small taste of that. You know, after all these years, you know, sweating in the gym, which I love, but that was really something. And uh, kind of like what the NBA guys, this, it, you just saw it. I mean, and as, as we see now, it's like there was a whole bunch of NBA guys on that team. And we had Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, uh, Emmanuel Quickly was on our team, the guy in the Knicks right now. Uh, the, oh, Dan, the guy what to do? No, quickly plays on the Knicks. Oh, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. RJ Barrett quickly. Uh, okay, yeah. Kobe White, the guy who played in North Carolina, is now on the uh, on the Bulls. Uh, it's just you know it was endless. Uh, Romeo Langford. I mean, the, it, it was just. And I tell you, I didn't. I had no idea what to expect. And when we went down there, they treated us just just great, first class, everything. But what just blew me away was uh, these these three young men, obviously, and they're they're grown men now, but I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't seen and heard Zion and everybody told me about this kid. And well, he was just as, as, as sweet a kid as you could be around. And I, I remember like, if I just turned my head, I thought I'd back at school dealing with our own kids, just simple, friendly. I mean, just, uh, you know, not, they were all just nice. They were all, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, coach. I mean, they all gave you hugs and things like that. And, you know, we, we had, we had practices and uh, this kid Garland who plays for the Cavaliers pulls me aside. I said, where are you from coach? You know? So, I mean, just, I wasn't expecting that. And I, and I was just so, so pleased by that. These are good people. They're having a lot of success right now. And you like to see that, you know, uh, that they handed themselves very well. And, uh, you know, my favorite story for, I tell everybody, everybody because everybody wants to talk about Zion and, and it's fun. I love watching him on TV today because I get to see him in, you know, 
totally different environment. But um, we had a, you know, it was a dunk contest on Monday. And we got there on your Sunday. There's a dunk contest on Monday night. They didn't tell us ahead of time what our roles were as coaches till I got there. So we get down there and they pull us in this room and they say, here's the deal. We got 50 to 100 NBA scouts are going to be at every practice. So we need to put these guys through their paces. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I would have been preparing for weeks for that. And they tell us. So I do this on the fly. So, okay, so we're doing all these drills we could think of. And, uh, you know, uh, Carl Herbert has been with me for forever. Uh, we played in high school together. Now he's been with me for close to 30 years. And Kurt Reese, who played for me, is the head coach over at the Britain High right now. We were the staff. So we said, what's right. the tough, what are the toughest drills? We came up with all these drills. We thought it was great. And these guys just kept saying, this is good. And we're asking them. I don't know. I said, guys, you're good. You're good. No, keep going, coach. Keep. All right. So Monday morning, so we go in double sessions. All right. Monday morning, we wake up. We're in there, nine o'clock in the gym. And Zion walks out and he's holding his hamstring. And he walks by me and says, hey, thanks a lot, coach. And I'm like, what? And I look around at Kurt and Carl like, oh, no, they're going to run me out of here on a rail. I got to. <laughs> I got, the, I got the guy everybody came to see and I heard him with a practice. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do? And then five minutes in, we do warm ups, we do warm ups, And then we start doing some competitive drills and he's just, you've seen him just some ridiculous things that he could do. He's right. still throwing the ball down, dunking this and that. And he walks by and winks at me he's like, gotcha coach. I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> so the rest of the week, for whatever reason, he found me to be the guy, like I would turn around and he'd be standing next to me and I'd bump nose into his chest. And I mean, just, I'm like, this is people like who are bigger than life, but you get to see these kids in a different environment. And that's why I try to tell the young kids that came back. I said, these guys are just good people. They're polite, they're respectful and so coachable. That was the greatest thing. I'm like, what can I tell these guys? You know, but they were just willing to learn and asking questions and uh, to, to a man, every kid on there was really something like that. So, uh, so I'm sorry to be long winded, but I like it's telling okay. that story because, because everybody sees this, this figure on TV flying through the air and, uh, I was more impressed with what kind of person he was. Yeah, I'm sure Mike Chesky would say the same thing. Uh, yeah. Northwest Catholic coach John Mirabelle joining us on the Courtside Podcast, winner of four state championships, I believe. Um, but two of the ones that you lost at Mohegan, I believe they may be the two largest crowds to ever see a game at Mohegan. I'm not sure. I know the CIC listens to this podcast. I'm sure they'll check me on it uh, when it does air. Um, the game at New London was over 9,000, and I – I always get – I actually thought that was the largest. And the career assistant coach told me, you know, Joe, the game we played them was larger, the game you lost against career. Those are two of the largest crowds. I mean, again, I know you don't get you get lost in the game and I think about what's going on around you. But let's talk about the atmosphere of playing in the finals there, if you what you remember about those two games. Yeah, I remember the game being held up uh, with New London. I'm sure it was – they were both uh, the Saturday night game. In yes. Cases, I believe, yeah. And I remember the game being held up and we were all anxious to get going and – Right. They said we got to hold up because there's a big line. They've streamed yes. it now. I remember that. Remember you yes. had to buy, you had to get tickets at the door, paper tickets and all. So yeah, systems now is really smooth. You know, you get it ahead of time, you just walk right through. But we had right. to. I remember having to wait. And as as you know, as a coach, that's the last thing you want to do. It's, it's off routine a little bit, but uh, it was. I mean, just you know, the outcomes weren't great. But that's as as time moves on, you get past that and you realize what a what a, what a really neat experience it was for the kids and just. It was great, you know, and I know there's been games. I've been to some games down there since. I mean, it's just really – the kids are very fortunate to, to have that environment. And and don't get me wrong, I grew up watching games at Central, and then when we got to go play games at Central, you know, uh, with my team, the game you were talking about, I, I thought that was the mecca. I thought that was it. And then you get that experience done in Mohegan, and you just realize, boy, this is uh, 
it, it's something. It really is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're grateful. That, you know, as a state, I think we're all very happy to be down there. And I believe, uh, again, you played in London when uh, future NBA player, I believe the last McDonald's All-American we've had in the state, Chris Dunn. Chris. I believe that he's the last one. Um, yeah. I don't think there's been one since. Uh, um, was it, was, was Tremont, was he McDonald's? Or did he do Jordan class? No, he was Jordan. He was the Jordan class, the Jordan brand. He did not. I I don't remember the details, but yeah, he did not pick for the McDonald's in the one year he played, and he was tremendous. Um, Again, we talk about the championships, and I'm sure you can go through them. But again, the year I liked it, I brought it up in the previous podcast with John Fall, the 2003 game, uh, the last one you had um, against Wilbur Cross. Again, a great day of games. But this again, you have Aaron Roberts makes the game winning shot. Chris Bruff goes on the main. This what kind of team was that? And among the great teams that you've had. And yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was a group I remember telling the coaches about two, three weeks in. I said, you guys, every just take a look at this because this group, I mean, they just got along just perfectly. Every kid's role was perfectly assigned and everybody just knew exactly what they were supposed to do. They got along well. And that's what you strive for when you start uh, with a group every year. And uh, that group had everything. And it was just, it was, I'm just so glad they were able to, to, to finish that, I remember playing Wilbur, having to play Wilbur Cross, and we knew that would be, you know, an amazing challenge. But uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Chris Bruff and Aaron Jackson. Aaron's actually still playing pro ball right now. So he actually, is he really? Yeah, he got a, you know, he had a had a little cup of coffee with the Houston Rockets there with uh, when uh, Chris Paul was on the team. Right. So he got to the NBA, and I always asked him. I said, you know, he's had opportunities. I talked to him during the summer, and he'd say, uh, you know, I'd say, geez, you got some chances and he mentioned three or four teams and he says, no, no, I don't want to do that. I said, why not? He says, well, you get minimum wage in the NBA. And he goes, I'm not going to play. He goes over in Europe. I start and I make, you know, twice as much over a million dollars, whatever. And there you go. And, uh, and I get to play. He says, I'm not leaving that money on the table. And I said, you know what? I would have jumped on the NBA. (laughs) So I said, you're, you're wiser than I am. But, uh, you know, this kid, we had another kid, Luke Granato went on played at Sacred Heart, you know, it's Jeffrey, that whole crew. It was just, that was one. And you know what? We needed them to be like that close because that was such a good uh, Wilbur Cross team. And like you said, I think everybody's good at that point when you get there. So it, it takes a, a couple breaks here and there. And, uh, you know, and you, you, you know, again, God rest his soul, Stanley Myers, when he went out, that changed things a little bit. They were still very good. It, it went right to the wire, obviously. But those little things, those are the things you remember. And, uh, you know, the kid Jackson hit a tip in at the buzzer. So. Yeah, I still see it. And I'm sure you yeah. do too. Yeah. Yeah. John, John Mirabella joining us. You know, we've had your friend of yours, Luke Riley. I know you guys go back a long way from the old Northwest Conference days. Uh, but I want to go even further back for those who have never even heard of a place called South Catholic High School. Now, yeah. I didn't hear of it. My time. Um, you were a star guard in the team. He remembers, he, and we've talked about in this podcast, Sean and I, with Luke, how, what that program was like, his father coaching it, and John Pannone, and this. Can you explain to people what that program was like and, and if you can make it similar to maybe how you run things or how another program is run, just let people know what that program was like for those who've never even heard of it. Yeah, you know, everybody who played uh, for Coach Riley at South Catholic is connected for life. I mean, it was that special. I mean, it was, uh, it's really something we take pride in. I still talk to a lot of the guys uh, who played and people who are older than me that played just, just like, it's you feel like you've known each other your whole life just because you heard the guy played for it so you can share stories and uh it was really a a, a, a integral part in my development as a person you know coach riley i mean 
you know, I, I looked up to him, like, uh, you know, outside of my, my parents, you know, he had such a big influence on me. And, uh, and I always told people, because I, if, if I could get one of my players over all these years uh, to look up to me, like he looked up, that I looked up to coach Riley, then I'd consider that a, a successful career. Cause it was really, it was, it, it was, it was different from, you know, what I'd heard from other people they experienced. Uh, but it was just, uh, again, we a blessing. We said that word a few times today. It was a blessing to play for him. And then you take so many of those ideas and fundamentals and uh, just philosophy and talk about culture and family. And we, I've tried to do that, uh, you know, I, and I wouldn't, wouldn't compare myself to him in any way. Uh, but I take a lot of that and hope to have that be part of what we're doing here. And I know a lot of coaches, you know, cause his tree involves, you know, his son, obviously both his sons, his son's a head coach at Wesleyan. Yes. The other coach, Joe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Eddie quick over at Newington played for him. John Cesario at Southington. Uh, he had me, John Pannone. Yeah. And then it kind of branches out from there. So, you know, my guy, Kurt Reese is going, so he's kind of taking the stuff that, you know, when he was playing, like we all, when you're playing, you just, some of it's just really different maybe from what other people do. And you kind of just, you just trust and go along with it. And then as you get older, you start to realize, well, there was a lot there, you know, I didn't like it when I was going through it, but there was a lot there. So uh, it was, you know, that connection, you know, to the Riley family is very important to me. And uh, if, uh, you know, when I remember when coach was alive, another one rest his soul. When he was alive, when he'd come watch, you know, gave me great pride to try and, you know, show him that I learned a lot from him and, uh, and any success that we had. And he was, you know, he, I could see him beaming with pride, which meant a lot to me, just like, you know, as a parent, you want to make your parents proud. So it was a kind of the same feeling with coach Riley. Uh, John Mirabelle from Northwest Catholic joining us on the courtside podcast. Um, among the uh, top wins getter victory leaders in CIAC with uh, over 500, does it meter that even matter to you, John, or is it more about the people that have gotten you there and help you get to the kids that have come through the program? It's going to be coach speak and everyone's going to say it, but you know, we, we never won a game. I never scored a bad, all those things. It absolutely is all your kids. And I talked to some coaches that we've coached against for a while. We've had some success against, and I kind of tell them, I said, you know, I, I think they're wonderful coaches, but you know, some of, you know, the kids we've had might just be a little bit better than some of the kids that they've been playing against. So, I mean, uh, it's been, these kids, you know, as teenagers, and, and I've got to see them evolve, but a teenager is a teenager no matter what generation. And things have changed, and the environment changes, and the influences change. But, you know, they're still at heart. You know, they're young people, and they, they, they do crave discipline. Sometimes they fight it. But they didn't have to buy into some of the stuff we were asking them to do. They, they you know, very easily could have pushed back and, you know, tried to screw things up a little bit because, you know, I would say one bad apple type thing. But uh, I'm so grateful to the kids over the years. And, and, and a lot of them, you know, I get kids, grown men now will kind of not joke around me, but say how many points they would have scored if you left us in in the fourth quarter, coach. I get, you know, I get that all the time. And it's just kind of funny. And I like, it kind of hurts me a little bit because I would have loved to see them, you know, do more and more. But, you know, when uh, you know, we have a comfortable lead, we're not trying to show anybody up on the other side because I try to tell them, I don't know if you're aware of this, Joe. My first year, I won two games. Our team, we won no. two. No, what year? What year? 87, 88, I think. Something like that. Yeah, 87. Fall 87, so 88 winter 88 uh we're two and 19 and i remember being on the long long sh or short end of those just lopsided games and i never forget that i remember how it made me feel and uh 
you know, I was fortunate to play in college, you know, for uh, Bert Kahn, there's another guy who won. Like, so I had the, the coach Riley and coach Kahn, like I'd have to be a fool not to have absorbed something out of those two. That's like a thousand something wins right there. But uh, to be on that short end that first year, I never forgot. And I, I just made it a point. And I, I'm so grateful to my guys over all the years. And they, they took that and they didn't always agree with it, but they accepted it and they, and they dealt with it. And I'm hoping that they're, you know, a lot of these guys that get I'm into weddings and I see their kids and, that's that's everything to me. The wins. Uh, someday I'll look back at the number and think, you know, I, almost hard to believe. Like you told me last year, what I it, it almost is hard to believe because I still feel like I'm I'm trying to figure things out. I'm still stealing stuff off of TV from coaches and asking questions. So I feel like I'm still trying to get this thing figured out. But uh, the the relationships with these with these young young men, now they're men, is uh, it's priceless to me. Really, Alex. So I don't mind sitting down here in the basement and you know. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's been, it's been really a, a wonderful ride. You know, hope we can keep doing it for a little longer. North Grass Catholic concludes its regular season against Hartford Public on Thursday to try to finish off a regular season undefeated and the CCC tournament begins next Monday. This pairing should be out later this week. John, thank you for joining us in the courtside podcast. We really appreciate the trip down memory lane and enjoyed the time. Good luck the rest of the way. I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Be safe. So, Joe, that was Coach John Mirabello. I loved having John on. We got got to talking. And I didn't say much in, during this interview, but we got to talking a little bit uh, before you jumped on this call. And, uh, you know, man, that's a, that's a great story about Zion. Oh, my goodness. What a great story. Yeah, I look at all the guys he coached. I mean, that's, again, I, I, I know – he and Beto, who's like, again, Beto Montelli, the old St. Joe's coach, uh, well, legendary coach, obviously, um, was were the last two Connecticut people to, to um, coach in that game. And obviously they, obviously they go back a long ways, those the guys, because they've been coaching for so long. Um, yeah, and obviously it's nice to go take a trip down memory lane and talk about South Catholic. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to – from our audience is going to remember that I, I don't, but there's a lot of stories and a lot of legendary. And as he said, the, the coaching tree is expansive. And, uh, and listen, he's done, he's as genuine as person as what you saw in an interview. We'll see an interview is as genuine as it gets. He's that kind of person, John Marabell. He's been that way. And all the years I've been doing it, you know, and even when he has a complaint, it's very civil. It's not adversarial. I'm not saying other people are, but obviously you do this long enough, you're going to do it. We've all encountered it. And uh, I, I, I think he's a great coach. And obviously the last game you and I were at together was the CCC final. It was a great game with East Catholic. They had knocked off Windsor. The, the first thing, the, the last, the only in-state loss that Windsor suffered. And obviously a lot of people were crying that Northwest Catholic was in Division Three last year. And I, yeah. and I get it. And obviously we'll never find out what, if anybody would have challenged him or not. But obviously this year, I think people are going to, people are going to enjoy it. They're not going to be able to see it. Hopefully they can see the feed somewhere uh, to watch those CCC games. Cause they're going to be awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's going to be look, awesome basketball. It's the best conference. All right. Five out of the four no, no, no. It's the best conference. Yep. I said it. You know, it's the a... best. <laughs> it's the best conference. There's no debate. It is. I mean, it's the five, deepest conference. I'm sorry. Five, four out of the top five teams right now in number one. And I mean, forget forget us. Forget the voters, Sean. Forget yeah. us. Eyeball test. Yeah, it is. I. It is. It again. Getting back to this, though. You know how how 
you know, what bad timing it is for them to have this run of great teams. And, you know, we're not getting state tournaments. I mean, we, we caught a little bit of it, you know, Windsor East going back and forth. We never got to see that, 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 you know, that rubber match uh, really, you know, uh, it was, uh, you know, and then, then we're going to have all these great teams. The the CCC tournament is, you know, the top part of that. It's about as close to a state tournament as you're going to get. And uh, listen, we all miss it. But I kind of agree with John. I mean, I, 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 if, if God willing, we all could get through two weeks, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it's going to, it means something. It's going to mean something to everybody who can witness it. For those parents in the gym, listen, the parents in Newtown gym, there was only a handful of them. I, I bet you they're happy to see their kids go out with a win. So, I mean, for those who are able to go, uh, yeah, visiting parents can't go a lot of cases. Some cases, I think some of these schools will allow both sides in. It'll mean something. And I really, I'm just, this is not just me just smoking, you know, whatever. It's, it's what I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not getting any arguments from me, John. <laughs> not at all. Well, I just think these people, oh, it's not the same thing. Well, of course it's not the same thing. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just people in general. I think it's, it is what it is. It's what we have. Let's make the best of it. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago we were sitting here figuring out what were we going to do and how long. We had no idea yeah. how we are going to have no games for how long. Yeah. Right, right. A year ago, it was a pretty dark place right now. Right? It this was. Time yeah, a year we ago. didn't know. We had we no idea when know. we were coming back. We had no football. I mean, we assumed it. We didn't know we'd have a soccer season. We didn't know we'd have basketball with Matt. We had no idea. And yeah. I see here and think about it now. It's just like, damn. It's gonna be what a strange year. Week. It's been yeah. it's been nuts, but uh, let's 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 enjoy it, and then the spring follows, and you know, and people get vaccinated for those who choose to get it. It'll be again. This year went by. It was a slog, but it went by fast. When you look back, you're like, how the heck we is a year later? Wow, it'll be next year right. before you know. Too time, yep. you know, marches on, and we will be back talking about state. Uh, state tournaments this time so uh yeah uh i'm looking forward to these tournaments uh you know well you guys as joe mentioned go on game time ct we're gonna have as many brackets as possible and trying it there's a lot there's a lot of divisions and a lot of just new things here so it, it's not gonna be pretty clean but we're gonna have as much as possible thanks for john mirabella for coming on and uh for joe morelli i am sean patrick Boley. this has been courtside on game time ct uh-huh.